Hi, and welcome to the 12th House Podcast, Deja Vu Edition. I'm Michelle, the head witch in charge of holisticism. Hello, and I'm Wallace. Welcome to the pod. <laughs> so this is a re-release of, we're, we're doing, because we had our 50 episodes, yay, uh, we're doing a re-release of our top five podcast episodes that were most loved, were most shared, were most listened to, and the ones that we got the most comments about. And last week's episode on manifestation just barely, barely eclipsed this episode with Ariana Mag on human design and all the intricacies and kind of sketchy aspects of human design. Uh, a lot of people had a lot to say about this episode. Yeah, I think it's interesting listening back to it too, how my perspective since the release of this episode has changed just on human design and learning about the gene keys also. You guys talk about the gene keys and knowing that the guy who started the gene keys studied with Ra, who also started human design. Yeah. I love Ariana because she's such an insightful person and she's also, I think, really well balanced. That's the, 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 the hard thing about modern spiritual practices is that often they are an amalgamation of a lot of things. They pull that's the beauty of the beauty of globalization is that we can pull from lots of different sources that resonate with us and use them like to our benefit and for the benefit of the world. The downside of globalization is that we often lose cultural relevancy and the juiciness that makes something unique and it gets whitewashed, right? And that's the shadow element that I think we talk about in this episode and that Ariana like quite candidly grapples with. She says, you know, many times I don't really know the answer. I don't know what's right, but it's something that I'm thinking about. And I just really admire the, the responsibility that she takes as a practitioner. I think that it's, it's awesome to see people not being black or white or having either or thinking, I should say like, well, if I'm not of this lineage, then I absolutely can't practice this thing. For example, the I Ching in human design, but saying, okay, these things are important to me. If I, if I, acknowledge them with reverence and I study them and I be, I'm thoughtful about valuing my sources and claiming my sources, then maybe I can do this thing that I really love that I'm really good at and still be, I mean, still honor where it comes from. Absolutely. I think sh your discussion and Ariana as a practitioner is really existing in that liminal gray zone. And I think that's a really hard space to exist in, especially with something like human design where people want to know the rules people yeah. want you to tell them like any of these systems you just want a clear answer to put yourself into a box or a context or someone else to make it easier to understand she actually uses it at microsoft in her role which i think is so cool and that's another example of her dancing between the corporate world and then her interest in practicing her human design business. Yeah, she's so cool and so funny and smart. And you're going to love this episode. If you're you're not already familiar with human design, you're going to learn a little bit about it. And you'll also, I think, you know, get a more grounded, realistic perspective from two people who, <laughs> me and Ariana, who like human design a lot, use it a lot, and also have some questions. And you know, it's good to have questions sometimes. And it's also okay to not have answers. Like, we don't have to have our minds made up about every single thing. 
How could we possibly? We are constantly evolving and changing and getting new information. I think that's the main takeaway for me from this episode is you don't have to stay stuck and be quiet and not follow what you're interested in just because it's maybe like lacking a little bit of clarity for you. You can find clarity and still be in integrity with yourself. So this is a great episode. And oh man, does the human design community have drama? That is one of the communities online that I follow that I'm like, you guys are, you really like to like tear each other down, <laughs> tear each other down. Well, what are the main differences in opinion? Cause I was just thinking it's a pretty new philosophy now. Yeah. I think that, you know, it's like 30 ish years old. It started in the eighties, but there are, from what I've seen, I'm again, granted, I am outside of the community because I am not a human design practitioner, but there seem to be a lot of people who are by the book, the way that Ra teaches it, who was the guy who founded it, who's a little culty, mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of cult leadery. And then there are some people who are like, just throw away the rule book. Human design is an experiment. Do whatever you want. Just try it out. And then there are more people who are like, yeah, human design is cool. Gene keys are cool. Also, like we really should be acknowledging these other and studying these other practices because that pull in that are that human design pulls from because they're important and they inform our knowledge of human design. And then I think there's sort of like the outliers who kind of just do whatever they want and are kind of creating their own human uh, version of human design. And the most recent scuttle in the human design space was about reading charts tropical versus sidereal. This is the human design drama. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So tropical charts are like in astrology, it's Western. Uh, so it's, it's different. It's not actually as accurate as the moon cycles and sidereal is, I don't really know the lineage uh, that well, but it's not what we use sort of like in Western astrology. And so people genetic matrix. Okay. Stop me if this is boring inside baseball talk, but genetic matrix is a human design software platform that we use at holisticism and lots of readers use. They have all these different things that you can use to pull your chart. You can check your gene keys. It's really sweet. You can look at your sleep chart. You can look at your team chart. It's cool. But they recently gave you the option to look at your chart sidereal, not tropical, and it completely changes your human design type. And so people were losing their shit. Please me. People were losing it, losing it. And so butthurt about the fact that they didn't identify with their sidereal chart. And it's, again, it's a different lineage. It's a different way of viewing things. It's not wrong. It's just- Did you check yours out? Now I'm so curious. I'm a generator, which honestly kind of hits for me. I can, I've got energy. I've got, I used to run ultra marathons. I mean, (laughs) I, the more that I have learned about projectors and you're the projector that I know the best, because I feel like I don't know (laughs) a lot of people's human design. I have wondered about that with energy. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know. She's got a lot of energy. She's always texting me. Like she could go, she could go for days. <laughs> but maybe it's because I'm vibing off your energy, Wallace, because you're an MG. You think I have that much energy? I think you have a lot of energy. I think we both have a lot of energy, but we're also yeah. very sensey. Yeah, I go hard and then I crash hard. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So anyway, maybe go check out your sidereal chart, see if it resonates. If it doesn't, guess what? 
don't use it. <laughs> yeah, Who cares? Like, cares? like it's not your whole, your whole identity is not wrapped up in your human design type. Like cool if it works for you. Also cool if it doesn't. It kind of is for me as an MG. Like, <laughs> don't tell me that now. I just accepted well, my. Well, I think that's like the thing that people were so like shook up I about. Know, right? know, but, <laughs> but my success type is this and it's working. And it's kind of like. Uh, I'm going to get myself into trouble saying this. It's kind of like, I'm going to say it while this is smiling at me. It's kind of like Kundalini yoga, how like it came out that Yogi Bhajan pretty much made up all this stuff. And there's not really like, it's impossible to trace according to people who (laughs) have studied the history or trying to study the quote unquote history of Kundalini yoga. It's very difficult to trace it back to anyone beyond Yogi Bhajan. That doesn't mean that it's not true, but very difficult to prove and kind of makes you question like, well, does any of this shit actually work because Yogi Bhajan was a scamster? Please don't read me a new asshole for talking about Kundalini yoga. Like you can go research it yourself. And I don't, I don't really want to argue about it. That's not the point of this, but I think it's like when that happened in the Kundalini space, everyone was like, does this shit even work? And if you pull your human design chart and it's completely different, then it's like, does this shit actually work? I believe so much in it and I want it to work. And I don't know. I think it's like any system. Mm -hmm. You got to pick and choose what works for you. Yeah. And if it works for you and it's giving you positive results and not harming anyone else and it's helping you feel good. I don't know. That's a good thing. Yeah. With it. Exactly. If it's not hurting other people, then great. Get after it. Get down with your bad projector self or your generator self or your MG Yeah, self. yeah. What are you what are you gonna do now as a generator? How are you gonna live differently? I mean, I think I think I'm actually just gonna ignore everything and yeah. just look at my gene keys because I had a gene keys <gasps> reading. I know, spoiler. I had a well, gene keys it- reading with Karen Lapage and she read me for filth, man. Like holy moly. Holy moly, was it like uh, accurate? I mean, the podcast editorial calendar is very full, but we need to <laughs> we need to add that in because in this episode you talk about how you don't understand the G keys whatsoever. Oh, yes, I would argue that I still kind of don't understand them, but Karen did walk me through in a really beautiful way. So thank you, Karen. We'll put Karen's link. I don't think you can even book with her, but I'll ask her to make a book. Well, now so she's going to have some. <laughs> it was awesome. It was amazing. So um, shout out to Karen Lepage. She's the best. And shout out to the Gene Keys. But um, we sort of went off topic. So I think we should jump into the episode. Here we go. Have another listen. Let us know what you think. <laughs> okay, bye. I'm Michelle, your host and the head witch in charge here at Holisticism. And today I have the pleasure of talking to Ariana Mag. Ariana is a human design reader, a mother, a creator, and an HR genius at Microsoft. And I'm so lucky because I've known Ariana for a while. We met right when I started Holisticism and I've gotten to follow her journey as she's grown and become a mom and really become such a leader in the human design space and a really gifted human design reader. And I'm delighted to just like get to spend any time with her because she's so smart, but I'm also so honored to have her on this podcast to talk about something that's really difficult, which is this system that Ariana loves and that I really appreciate human design 
and talking about like the kind of culty and kind of problematic aspects of it. If you've ever been on the fence about human design or a little confused by it, or it maybe made you raise an eyebrow, you're not alone. (laughs) There are good reasons to raise an eyebrow. And we talk about that in this episode. There's an appropriative nature to human design that is really hard to ignore. And once you start thinking about and exploring intersection, intersectionality and inclusivity, and you start understanding how much appropriation exists in the wellness space and in the spiritual space, it's really hard to unsee how that shows up in so many different systems that we really, really can be useful. And I'm so happy that Ariana wanted to have this conversation and to do it candidly because, you know, neither of us really have the answers to how to do this best, right? Because as we talk about in this episode, human design is so useful and has changed both of our lives, but there are also these elements that are really problematic. And how do we navigate around them? Do we throw the baby out with the bathwater? Do we turn a blind eye? Do we acknowledge them and just try to stay in right relationship? We don't know exactly the answer, but I'm pretty sure it's probably closer to the third one (laughs) there. But I'm just really, really happy that Ariana was open to having this conversation with me and that we could talk about it candidly because that's very much what we do here at the 12th house. We also talk about some of the culty aspects of human design and some, you know, sort of myths that have been perpetuated around human design and its elements that have kind of popped up in the age of Instagram. We talked about the memification of astrology with Emily Rousseau a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, in a lot of ways that similarly happened with human design and with these complex systems, when we try to just make them a quippy soundbite, inevitably we end up losing the dimensionality of that system and the nuance of that system. So we talk a little bit about that. And I'm just, again, really grateful that someone smarter than me is down to have this conversation with me. And Ariana is such a gem. So I can't wait for you to hear more. And before we get into the episode, just a reminder that the doors to the cusp are open. The cusp is a secret project that we've been working on here at Holisticism for quite a while. We're very excited about it. It is our private email newsletter and community for people who want to stay in the know about the wellness and well-being space. The Cusp is a bi-monthly email. So you get an email on the first week of the month and on the third week of the month. So you get two emails a month. The first email contains a product review, but not your regular, not a, not your mom's product review. It is a very 12th house version of a product review of something that is trending in the wellness space. So our very first product review this month is on Super You, a supplement made by Moon Juice. And what we do for these product reviews, because I always found it as someone who worked in the media, I found it so difficult to find real reviews that weren't like seeded by PR agencies with writers because that's effectively always what happens. Whenever you see something in a magazine or like who buys magazines anymore on like the cut.com or even in the New York Times, that's because a stylist or a PR person sent that product to that writer. And that's why they're featuring it. They're not featuring it because it's the best. They're not featuring it because they genuinely love it. They might, but it's because that product was placed with them that they talk about it. 
that's how they sell things. And that's how the economy works. And we were really sick of that because we were also really sick of people telling us that you had to buy things in order to be well. But let's also admit that sometimes there are things out there that can contribute to your well-being, that can make you feel pretty good, that can make you maybe even feel a little bit healthier or happier. So how do we discern between like the bullshit and just the like, I don't know, commodification of wellness and the actual like this tool is helping me. This process is helping me. This product is helping me. This person can help me and navigate between the two. So that's where we came up with the cusp. We just wanted a place to be honest about what worked and what didn't. I get really heated about this because I worked in editorial for so long and it's such a racket. So that's what the cusp is. Our first week is when we review a product and we pull in experts from the industry to take a look at the product that we're experimenting with, that we're trying for ourselves and tell us about its validity. Is there something there there or is this just, I don't know, a really cute packaging and a pill full of dirt, glorified dirt maybe. And so this month's episode, this month's email and product is Super You by Moon Juice. And so we had a very, very mixed reaction to Super You, very mixed. And I think you'll be really surprised by what our expert came to say about the formulation of Super You. Like extremely, I was surprised, <laughs> like very surprised. We also provide dupes for the product that we're trying. So if you want a cheaper version of it, that's just as potent. We put that in the email too. And then the second email of the month is our white paper, our deep dive research on some industry trend and how we see it impacting and affecting the wellness and well-being space. So this month we're talking all about at-home fitness and how really what's changed in the market. And we're not just looking at trends in, you know, in terms of downloads and market reach. We're also looking at the business aspects behind these trends. Who's invested in these companies and brands? And what does that mean for the future of where this space will go? There are some amazing ideas in this month's white paper. So if you're a fitness expert or you're someone who's in the fitness industry, I think you're going to get a lot out of this white paper. And also some ideas that you can capitalize on if you're an intuitive entrepreneur. And then in that second email of the month, we also have a ton of amazing job listings. We pull the best job listings from the best wellness brands that we know of, and we stack them up inside that email. So the way to get access to the cusp is to go ahead and click the link below. It's $6.99 a month, which is, let's be honest, the price of like a coconut macadamia macadamia nut milk matcha latte and you're going to get so much value. Not only will you get discount codes to all the products that we review, which I mean, that'll definitely save you more than six bucks, but you'll also get access to amazing job opportunities and industry trends and reports that could change and revolutionize the way that you work and do business. Plus you'll get connected inside of our private community on Mighty Networks for the cusp where you can talk about other amazing wellness trends, products that you're loving, and connect with other wellness enthusiasts who <laughs> who want to know the same stuff that you want to know and want to get those honest reviews and try things out themselves. And who knows, maybe you'll meet your wellness business BFF in there. So that's the cusp and we're so excited about it. And you actually get two weeks for free if you join now. So go check it out and see if you're into it and we hope you like it. All right. With that, let's get into today's episode with Ariana. 
Okay. What are you grateful for? I am just grateful for this spacious time right now that I have, like spacious time that I have right now to just like really dive deep in what's been on my mind lately and also just have the spaciousness to prepare for this little babe. I'm so excited to meet him and love him. And I'm so grateful I get to be his mom and like everything I do is just, I don't know. I just think about all the people who are doing so many things right now, like being a parent and essentially being tech for their homeschooling kiddo and like, yeah. And like, they're probably also keep holding down the fort in the household and being pregnant and not being able to take off two weeks prior to a due date because that's not part of their employer's plan. And I just feel really great that I have this spaciousness right now. Well, you deserve it all. You're such a good mom. I can't wait till I finally get to just like call you and be like, oh my God, give me all your, all the mom advice. I'm going to never have, leave you alone. Have, I'm going like, to always be asking you. Workshop, of course. Yes, yes. You're going to, you have to create that so I can take it. Like, because, <laughs> because I'm going to need help. <laughs> I have like no idea what being a mom should be like. I don't have good role models for it. So I'm going to need you and Karen mm-hmm. LePage in the North Node to just like teach me how to be a mom. <laughs> Love to. All right, Ariana. Thank welcome you. to the podcast. <laughs> I'm so I'm happy you're here. I'm so grateful to be here. So we're talking to each other. I'm in LA. You're in Oregon. You're about to give birth to Mm -hmm. an angel baby. And in like mere weeks, maybe when this episode comes out, he'll be Earthside, which will be so cool. How are you feeling? (laughs) I'm feeling really good. It's such a delicious, creative, yummy, liminal space to be in. It's like a cocoon and you get to let it just transform you and just be witness to the magic that's inside of you, but the magic that you also have no control over, which is so humbling. (laughs) (laughs) How he'll get here. I can just like witness our powers together and I'm really excited about it. Oh, so cool. And you're such a good mom and you're just good at everything, which is why you're on the podcast today. As someone who you work at Microsoft in recruiting and HR, and you're also a brilliant human design reader and you're just a brilliant entity. So will you tell us your human design and like how you kind of make sense of that with the work that you do? Yes, absolutely. So I am a one three manifesting generator with emotional authority. And I am someone who loves people, loves studying people, loves understanding how people tick. And so it's no surprise that I have multiple avenues in which I get to let that be expressed through my work within HR. And I work on a really cool team at Microsoft. It's called the employee experience team, where we get architect the perfect experiences that go hand in hand with our benefits. So we're not just like on lip service, but actually, Oh my God. Yeah. That's so cool. So cool. It's I'm obsessed with it. My manager's just like, you're coming back from that. Libra. I was like, absolutely. Like you can't get rid of me yet. (laughs) Maybe, but it's so fun to just think through like, how are we delivering on our promises and where are we missing the mark? Which is, Mm it's a gift. And then I also get to coach people on their human design and show them that 
they are as badass as they want to be and as they think they are. And I just get to like, honestly reflect it back to them. And it's a privilege because a lot of people come to human design looking for like clarity and life's purpose and what should I be doing and how do I get my work to just function the way that I normally work and I just get to push it back on them saying like here's your natural framework I'm never going to tell you my disclaimers are always like I'm never going to tell you something that you don't already know about yourself I can't (laughs) I won't I'm not going to be able to so don't expect that and I also like you're not meant to take my word for it or anyone else's word for it you're meant to like try it on and experiment and see what holds true for you and align with what resonates and like throw out what doesn't. And it's really exciting when I get to do that, get to do both and play in those worlds. And you're so good at it. I have had a reading from you and I've had many human design readings. Something I just love about you is I love another skeptic. (laughs) Like I love someone who just like Mm, shamelessly side eyes something, but like with good humor, you know what I mean? Who's like, "Mm, this is a bit weird and just calls it out. And that's like, I love that about you because so many people in the wellness space, like sort of skirt around awkward, uncomfortable conversations or realities, especially around things like appropriation and, you know, white supremacy and cis sexism and thin privilege, all, you know, all the fun stuff in the wellness space. And you just like call it like you see it and exist in this world, which is like, I relate to that so much. So (laughs) you're one of the few human design readers that I trust because I feel like there's a lot of people out there that really use human design that actually kind of weaponize human design in a way. It's possible for sure. Yeah. And I've had my partner, like I gave my partner a reading with you. He loved it. He, his life changed after. (laughs) Oh, Truly, truly. He was like, he's an MG like you and I'm a projector. So we just work so differently for everyone listening out there. And what works for me does not work for him. And I can't like tell him what to do. And he was feeling really, you know, this pandemic has been rough for his work. And he was just really feeling at a loss. And after your reading, like he just like totally was revitalized. Like, I feel like everything turned around for him after that because he understood himself. So I'm personally indebted to you for like bringing my partner back into like his own brilliance and owning his own brilliance. So thank you. But let's talk about the weirdness of human design. Like that's the elephant in the room, right? (laughs) So when you first started like digging into HD and like all the system around it, like, did it raise eyebrows for you? Were you like, oh no, this is dope. Like when did you first get an inkling of like something's fishy here? Yeah. So I'm someone who is forever on the quest to understand myself. And also as one three, like you can't lie to us. So we're going to find out. Like we're gonna out. <laughs> Don't be scared, but you can't fucking lie to right. us. <laughs> we're going to research. We're going to know. Investigate. Like, it's, it's there. So I was really excited by the opportunity to have my skills and traits and characteristics and life purpose and passion be told back to me in a way, in a framework that wasn't geared towards work. Like all the other Mm -hmm. personality tests, like this is how you are a better employee, or this is how you make the business more money. Right, right. "Eh." I've done all of them. They're great for their purpose, but their purpose is for the employer. And with human design, it was more of a tool and a system for you to see yourself. And I was skeptical because it's like, how 
And they know all that just based off of birthday, time, date, and place, like how. And also when you look into like how it was messaged or how it was founded and essentially in the late 80s, this guy. Yeah, it's new. It's not like this ancient system. I mean, it's based a little bit off astrology, but like this guy, I mean, you know better than I. Didn't he just like channel a bunch of shit totally. on Ibiza? And he's just, <laughs> the system is just a couple years older than us. <laughs> so just, <laughs> right. I know that and- <laughs> I can disseminate all this information. Like, you know, an older sibling to us and tells everyone about their life. And it leaves a lot of questions with just how is everything combined? And what does it mean if you haven't studied these different modalities within respect and context of their own culture, like the I Ching mm. or Kabbalah or the chakra system or mm. genetics or physics. Or all the- because HD t- pulls in all those systems, right? It does Kabbalah, I Ching, chakras, astrology, anything else that I'm missing? Quantum physics and genetics. Right. You know, it's just the like most normal smorgasbord of things. Yeah. I have a master's in all of those. So I'm (laughs) I'm one of the rare readers that's very well versed (laughs) in everything, but that's that's not the case. And that's not the case of many readers. And it just begs the question of just like, how, like, how is this possible? So you get to flirt along the lines of faith and hope and also skepticism. And then when you tie that in, like that level of awareness to, well, in what ways are we culturally appropriating these different modalities as well? It goes there. It gets really deep. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like people don't talk about the fact that these systems that are integral to human design, like Kabbalah, which is a closed Mm -hmm. Jewish practice, it's a closed system like hoodoo or voodoo is, meaning that like if you're not part of the lineage, you're not supposed to practice it. Or if you're not part of the religion, then you're not supposed to practice it. Even if you super identify with it or you think that it was you in your past life, you're not supposed to practice it unless you get invited in by that community. And same thing with the I Ching. I mean, the I Ching is Chinese, so and it's very it's an ancient system. So like, how do you relate to that? Like, do you feel, how do you navigate that, that appropriation that comes up? Yeah. So it's something that I'm like currently and constantly grappling with for lack of better word, because some of the languaging is just so beautiful and so profound. Like, how could you not? And this is how Mm. these systems have survived for so long because they're founded in such truth and beauty. And they Mm. represent so much for individuals of their culture. But for me to just take that and smack it onto whomever I'm reading for, like that's inappropriate. So for me, I, I like to use my own intuition. I like to make sure that when I'm giving someone a reading, it's from a loving, affirming, actionable place. And Mm -hmm. I also, I try to use like as many sources as possible to kind of like dilute the original roots because I can't claim those. So I want to know about what my client's struggling with and what they don't see in themselves and how I can just articulate what I am seeing mirrored back into just like what they're talking about. And I'm not mm-hmm. going to go down a rabbit hole of like, this is what it means in the I Ching. And this is the difficulty of beginnings for you. So for you, like you might've had this happen in your lifetime. I'm going to bring in some other wisdoms that I can. And also, cause I'm a third mind. So I have a lot of experiential wisdom. I've bumped into a lot of walls that I can share about. <laughs> third mind knows what that means. And 
So I want to make it grounded in things that I know to be true. And since I can't claim those, I don't. Wow. This is why I fuck with you. Because like (laughs) you, you're like real, dude. Like a lot of people would just ignore that and be like, well, it's part of the system that I read. I don't need to understand these other elements and in order, like whatever, what's the big deal? It's not like I'm claiming to practice the I Ching or I'm claiming to practice Kabbalah. But when your systems are informed by that and it's an integral part of it, you have to like acknowledge where you stand in it. And I'm just so curious to see, I feel like teacher trainings or reader trainings right now. It's just a wild world out there, man. Like there's no regulation. And I'm not saying that like everything needs to be regulated. I know that certification programs can actually be really problematic because they gatekeep information Mm -hmm. from like people who could be really incredible readers or teachers or whatever who have to pay thousands of dollars in order to be quote unquote certified by something in order to practice it. But also like we need to have some accountability and and, like deeper research and understanding of these systems if we're going to use them to help people determine the paths of their lives, you know? Yeah, there absolutely needs to be some efficacy around it. And it's interesting because you're seeing like a rise of the gene keys, which is also, you know, based on the gates. And I think people are likening those more just because of the languaging and it's founded by Jean, who I believe studied with Ra as well. And yeah, so I, I'm wondering like what the future of human design will look like and if that'll be, if they'll take over on some of like the different gates and each. That's interesting. Yeah. And there are 64 gates and each gate has like its own iteration. Like when you see your chart, any number in the tenths place. So after the decimal point, there are six kinds of iterations for that gate to exude through you. And so, I mean, I have the Gene Keys book. It's thick. It is so thick. Same. I was going to say, okay, we have the Gene Keys book and I do not fucking understand anything inside <laughs> yeah. of it. Like you just said it's less complex or it's like easier to understand. I do not think it, I don't think any of it's easy to understand. Maybe I'm dense, but I'm just like, no. you guys are overwhelming me. <laughs> it is overwhelming, but I think people are really gravitating towards like the little sound bites that you'll see on Instagram where it's mm. like one, you know, seven word sentence where people can feel like, oh yeah, that's totally me. Oh yes. And this is just like, I don't know if you've listened to our episodes with Emily Rousseau, but it reminds me of just some memification of astrology, right? Where we're like taking, or honestly, anything in social media where we're taking sound bites out of context. Like we're taking a tweet that's actually part of a tweet storm or we're taking a sentence out of a 3000 word article. And we're like laying our hat, you know, we're, we're like dying on that hill of like, oh, this, what this means. When in reality, when you pull it out of context, it's not at all what the original intent of the sentence was. The intent was, or the information from the gene keys, the intent is like to look at it as part of this ecosystem, not this tweetable soundbite that you can put up on your IG stories and have people like say yes or no, I relate to this, right? And like double tap it. And I don't know, not to be like a dick about it, but I feel like there's this like dumbing down of these really complex systems and watering down of them that just like creates one dimensional versions of who we are and like our personas. And it's not that sweet. Absolutely. And we've seen this take place in so many different areas. Like, yes, it's prevalent in the wellness industry. We also see it in, it's so funny you say like memification because at work we call it like gamification. Like how do we, yep. how do we get yep. managers to track things that they don't want to track? Yeah, right. <laughs> like this, like this dashboard, like <laughs> gamification, so they actually are like held accountable to different things. Yeah. 
we saw it take place on MLK Day 2, where you're just like, you just use the sentence that was just, you know, the lightest, fluffiest thing. But if you read the whole paper, if you read the whole paper, you probably would not have retweeted that. Yep. That's exact. That's beautifully said. Exactly the same thing. Yeah. We're picking and we're cherry picking the information based on how it serves us Mm -hmm. as opposed to it's like spiritual bypassing or just aspecting the light sides of things and ignoring the shadow and the duality in everything and like the weightiness of everything. Yeah. And I think when you do that, you miss out on so much goodness and richness from learning the other side, right? Like I similar to with like strength finders, there's a basement and a balcony to all of the traits and characteristics and aspects. And I love to talk about those with my clients as we go through the gates, because there is a way that they can be like fully expressed. And that's when you're like living on the balcony, but then there's also, there's also a way that it can feel like the lowest expression, which is the basement. And if you don't honor what that basement can look like, then you're going to be doing everyone that's sitting in front of you and wanting to know about themselves a disservice. Because when they sit in that basement, they're going to be like, what's wrong with me? This is my not self theme. I'm seeing like bitterness, anger, frustration, disappointment. And I don't know why. And it's because you're just like highlighting all these different things to have a stronger Instagram following, but you're not sharing the aspect that's really going to be there for them to leverage when they're not always in the high, high of whatever wave that they're currently riding on. Mm, Amen. I mean, tweet that out. That was brilliant. That's right. I mean, it reminds me. So again, I didn't think this was going to go. We were going to go down this route, but I'm super game for it of people using things like QAnon conspiracies to grow their followings on Instagram, which is effectively what's happening, which is why so many wellness people have or spiritual conspirituality people have jumped on this bandwagon is because it's getting them lots of likes. This is well documented. Like it's growing their audiences and their reach and they're obviously monetizing that because that's the point. And to what end, right? Like what harm is that doing by spreading that misinformation? Is is it worth it to bastardize a true message or what's maybe closer to the truth or what's closer to what's correct? in order to get some more followers? Like it does feels really icky. It does feel icky and What's so interesting is that like people within human design, like if you look at the Ajna or the mind center, if yours is defined or colored in, then yes, you have a point of view and you are really meant to bring it down to the planet and share it and discuss it. And those are the people that can have like those debates, like the A versus B. But if it's open or undefined, then you are the person who can see A through Z and show them like, okay, right now you're only arguing like red versus yellow, but I need you to see that like orange also exists and also (laughs) and blue and green. And we just need to go further with our, like deepening our perspective. And we don't really see those people with the open or undefined auditioners like speak out because they don't want to waste their energy because they know like, this is your debate. I'm not going to get into it. But then to the point that you just made, when other people who can see the full spectrum aren't talking about it, then people think like it can only be A or B. Mm-hmm. And I guess I need to pick a side because I don't see it any other way. I'm just like, no, there are 24 other letters of the alphabet that you're ignoring. Oh. 
there's so yes. like colors of the rainbow that you're ignoring and everyone's perspective is valid, whether you have an undefined or defined Ajna. But when we let people who just have these strong opinions take the lead, it's at what cost. Mm-hmm. And it like that divisive nature is so what we're drawn to and what's perpetuated on social media and what's boosted on social media. That's why social media exists. Like, and how it gets us addicted to it, right? It's these like extreme opinions or ideas or emotions that are completely binary. And we know that like one of the biggest cognitive distortions that people have is either or thinking. Is that black or white thinking? And we need to exist in the and, in the both and, a little improv throwback, but like, Mm -hmm. and it's so hard there, right? Because then we get like to loop it all the way back to the beginning of us talking about appropriation within HD. It's like, well, okay, listen, do we either like completely issue human design and, you know, those types of readers, or do we just like completely embrace it and ignore the appropriation part? Or do we exist within the messy middle, which is like, hey, there's some problematic aspects of this work. And also it's extremely useful to many people. And how can we just acknowledge both of those things at the same time and like work with it and figure like muddle our way through it and also potentially change our minds in the future about how we feel right now? Absolutely. And I think I really got to explore this side of myself, just being a student of your work. So props to you and the whole holisticism team, but stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Truly. But it's, it's all information, like all the fear, all the, Mm -hmm. all information. And I think we forget the power within ourselves to leverage it in any which way we choose and to change our mind as we grow and develop. And oftentimes like being a former school teacher, because hello, MG, multiple lives, multiple careers, <laughs> very on brand. <laughs> like my fifth graders and my 10 year olds and how until they got to me, they really just thought that they had to be validated by their teacher or their classmates or their parents or their siblings and how we sub- we would submit like our pride and joy or our work and based upon whatever rubric was in front of that person or whatever vision is in front of that person, like they'll tell you if it's good or bad, mm. how limiting that is. And we ingest that so early on, like conditioning, which... Okay. You just did, you did the air quotes around conditioning and I will say a subtle eye roll, which I am here for. So like, let's, let's double click on that on conditioning because I feel like that's definitely a buzzword Mm -hmm. in the human design world. I feel like I can tell, (laughs) this is going to make me sound like such an, I'm going to sound like a real asshole in this episode, but I feel like I can tell who people have studied or who they follow on Instagram based on like what they talk about with human design. And I know who's like looking at so-and-so person because they're always like deconditioning, conditioning, conditioning all the time. And I'm like, that's, I I feel like there's more to it than that. So wait, will you tell me what's your hot take on that? (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. I am an African-American female who has curly hair. So conditioner is a great thing for me. Like I, Love it. Huge fan of conditioning. (laughs) Conditioning, that word alone, I understand what it means in the dictionary. However, I love it. So (laughs) the fact that I feel like change my brain to not be obsessed with it is frustrating. I would much rather (laughs) refer to it as shampooing because then it would remind people that this is like 
you know, a weekly or sometimes daily practice, depending on your own environment and how you're engaging with something. And sometimes you just need to cleanse and like not cleanse and just like, oh, I'm doing like a celery juice to cleanse my insides. So just like, I just need to wash it off. Like I just need yeah. to wash off other people's perceptions or other people's opinions or whatever is sticking to me from the day. Like I just need to wash it off and I'm just going to shampoo it off. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. You have to like I feel like you got to make that a thing. You got to trademark <laughs> that. That's great. Team shampoo, get at me because Curly Girl's like, we love conditioner. We owe conditioner so much. <laughs> you got to. You got to. Do you do the Curly Girl method? Yes, to a degree. Some part. Same. I mean, I'm on day three curls right now and my curl pattern's not as amazing as yours. But man, Curly Girl method will save your life for sure. It's worth researching for sure. Deep conditioning is part of it. Right. <laughs> Deep right. conditioning. Wow. So, yeah, I think that just, I mean, in, in the human design, like culture too, they think that it, it takes seven years to decondition. So it's so interesting when people want hmm. to come to me and they want to know like all about their incarnation cross, which is life's purpose and life's themes. And they want to know like every single gate and what is the red lines? So what do the black lines mean? And what does it mean? And it's in this decimal point and in that planet, it's like, okay, let's cover the basics. <laughs> in the basics, like having a solid foundation in the basics will truly make you feel invincible. It's like asking for a compass that has like all these lines down to the 16th of an inch, but really you just need to know that you're due North. If you stray away and go a little bit like Northeast or Northwest, that's great because there's probably something there for you. If you are a fourth line like yourself, like there's people for you that's due Northwest. And so you kind of like get to bring them along in your journey or learn something from them. Or if you're a third line like me, there's something for you to experience Northeast and that's why you're pulled in that direction. So for you to know down to a certain degree, like what your life's purpose is, it's not going to serve you because you're not ready for it because you haven't mastered the foundation of how your own vehicle or your own body works in this lifetime. So don't skimp out on the basics, which is type, strategy, and authority. And I like to talk about profile. I've <laughs> obviously talked about it a couple different times, but I think yeah. it adds like another flavor of just like, oh yeah, that is me. And that's totally not in that way. You taught such a great class in the North Node and you really like hammered home. I have such a hard time remembering stuff. I'm so self-centered. That doesn't have anything to do with me. Like in astrology or human design, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I know about projectors because that's what I am. And like a four and six, I know about that. But like you really taught about what all of those numbers mean. And it was so interesting. Like all of a sudden, I feel like I unlocked some of the people in my life just by knowing the numbers that are so that they have associated with them. Like it was so useful. So shout out to your North Node workshop because that was really valuable. But that reminds me of like when we open the Akashic Records for someone, sometimes when they ask a big question like what's my life's purpose or am I supposed to like be with XYZ person or blah, 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 blah. They're like really big stuff. The MTLOs are like, we're not telling you like you <laughs> you're gonna fuck it up like you know because like you're not ready for that information yet you have so much and like you know your master's teachers and loved ones the akashic record show you the most likely outcome based on the trajectory that you're on which means that it's it's mutable and like you are going to change and evolve and that means that your future and your destiny can change and evolve and you have a say in your destiny in a way and i feel like human design is similar because it's an experiment and I notice even in myself, I just want answers, right? I want like 
well, tell me what this means. Like, tell me what the right answer is. Again, that binary either or thinking, what's the right thing? How do I do it right? How do I do it perfect? When in reality, it's not, that's not what it is. It's not a rigid system, right? Right. No, that's so true. And yeah, I just like think back to my fifth grade babies who like when they do bring their work to you and they just want to be told like, is this right or wrong? (laughs) (laughs) How do you feel about it? (laughs) What does your body say? (laughs) So they're like, unfortunately was right or wrong. Right. I was going to say, except when it comes to long division and remainders, because you are really going to, there's a right there. (laughs) Like when you're out of that setting or when you are given the chance to just like even show something like math in a different or unique way. Like, where did you see these shapes today? And you're able to like go out in the forest and find those shapes. Like that's what people like that level of creativity that we play down in our school system. I think that's what's lacking in us as adults. And we're just like, just tell me the right answer. What will it take? (laughs) Like I want a 4.0 in this stage of my life, like in this cycle of my life, like just what will it take? And you're just like, you get to decide. And I feel similarly about when people are so obsessed with like the daily transits and it's like, oh, well, this daily transit illuminates this in my chart. So what does that mean for me today? And it's like, you get to feel out what that means for you. Today. <laughs> right. You absolutely get to have whatever, whatever you want it to. Like, how do you want to alchemize the energy of today? Like you don't need to look up on this chart what you have access to because you know, and you'll feel it. And yes, there is a lot of value in reflectors knowing like the moon phases as they cycle out, like their lunar cycle. But beyond that, like you don't need to check in every single day to know what powers you have access to. Just like you wouldn't see a healer every day, just like, you know, like you and Emily's relationship, like it's quarterly, it's not daily. We're just like, okay, this planet's in this, like, what can I do today? And she would say, what do you want to do? (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Yes. It's again, these tools, like they're just tools to like illuminate the parts of ourselves that already exist. It's not the other way around. Those parts of you don't exist only when the tools are available. Like they're always there. It's just like, I don't know, help, helping illuminate them, holding up a magnifying glass to them when it's useful. I feel like the same thing with planetary hours. When I teach about planetary hours, all of a sudden, like always people are like, well, I can't write the blog post until midnight because that is when Mercury, it's a planetary hour of Mercury. And I'm like, bro, no, that's just like, that's not the point. Harness that energy if it feels good to you. And if you're maybe feeling stuck, but you don't have to be married to it, just like explore and see what happens. Right. Like it should not be tied to you feeling like limited by anything. Like it should be bolstering up your liberation. So if it doesn't do that, then maybe you should kind of like divest in that system or that practice or that teaching or that teacher, because it's just forcing you to constantly come back to something outside of yourself. Mm. Ooh, yes. That is potent. What you just said. It is another way that we keep ourselves and others from experiencing liberation. It's just another form of policing and keeping people small, keeping people stuck or like in a system that they don't even really actively consent to because they're just like taking it as the only thing that's going to work or like what they have to do as opposed to what they choose to do. Yep. And that's... Because... You can just tell when, and oftentimes, like most of my clients are on just like the brink of brilliance and they just need reassurance as they like 
lean over the edge and see how just how far their potential can go. And it's like, hell yeah, you got to do this. You are absolutely the person to launch this, to be this, to solve that problem. Like, please, please, please do it. And just being that space where they can be affirmed and just so knowing and get to clarity and trust themselves. Like everything you're doing, I would hope is leading you to better trust yourself. Yeah. Amen. And you're so good at that. Like before this episode, I talked to my team. We do a morning meeting every Tuesday with the team where we all just like do our weekly stand-up. You know, weekly stand-ups are supposed to be 10 minutes and they're always like an hour because we just talk. We just talk and hang out. And I was just telling them that I was going to talk to you today and I was so excited. And I was like, does anyone want to come join me? And they all wanted to, but they were all busy. So I get you to myself. Mm-hmm. And every, I'm pretty sure everyone on our team has had a reading with you and they are, everyone was obsessed with you and said, you know, Alice was like, I've never felt more seen <laughs> in a human design reading. And Thais was like, Ariana Mag is Caribbean. And I fuck with her. And I was like, yep, that's right. (laughs) And that is like, that's how it should feel. It should feel expansive and exciting and also honest. Because you can also tell when someone's hyping you up and like, it's not real. Like, it's not legit. You know what I mean? Totally. Like, gas me up. Don't gaslight me. Yes. (laughs) Ariana, you're on fire today with like, we're going to have so many pull quotes from you. Gas me up, but don't gaslight me. Fuck. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. (laughs) So do, I mean, I feel like we've kind of talked about how this is such an experiment and like you shouldn't be married to it and you should feel freedom within it. Are there places in our charter and our human design that if we're feeling stuck or we want to learn more about ourselves that we should really be looking at first? Sure. So the types are the number one spot to go to just so that you can understand how you can just alchemize the energy that's already like innate within you interacts with other energies around you. So type is number one strategy. Strategy is just really cool because it'll just save you so much like time and heartache. And a lot of people as much as they like want to get to the nitty gritty of their details, like they always come back and just like, okay, well, I have a question on strategy. That's and the most helpful part. Yeah. The strategy part definitely changed my life because yeah. I'm a projector and our and strategy so- is wait to be invited. Right. And for four out of the five types, technically four types, but you include the subtype of manifesting generators and it's five and it's wait. <laughs> so don't worry. Like I, I always tell that to people because they think like, no, no, no. It's projectors that have to wait for the invitation. But like, what do I get to do? I'm like, you also get to wait. <laughs> you get to hang out with those lame projectors waiting. <laughs> yeah. And, and the reason why like wait just feels like such a disempowering place is because you don't realize all of the energy and all of the power that you have on the other side of waiting. So <laughs> tips around strategy which I think will unlock a lot of doors. So for manifestors, they inform and then initiate. So like when it comes to rules, you get to break by energy type and strategy, like your strategy is not meant to be limiting. It's meant to be liberating. So manifestors inform, then initiate. And that's thinking like you don't need other people's buy-in or opinion before informing and initiating on your urges. So Mm. if you unlock that, then the whole world opens up to you. Mm. Actors, when it comes to your strategy of like waiting to be invited, like 
You don't need to think you need to wait to be asked to dance before coming up with your own moves, before determining your own dance style, before determining your own favorite type of music. Like you get to create the container or the little mailbox or the little email box that's most aligned for those invitations to come through. And then for generators. It's true. You can't <laughs> confirm on the projector thing. Like that's the only thing I can really speak to. That's right. You just got to like do your own thing and then people will see eventually and then they'll invite you. But you got to do stuff. You can't just like wait yeah. and sit around. You have to – waiting for an invitation, waiting to respond, that doesn't mean you sit idly by. It means like get busy in your own self. Focus on your own shit. Right. And like then when people invite you, cool, you're ready. You're like prepared to go. Mm -hmm. you're creating, you're figuring out like, what would the best invitation look like for me? Like what mm -hmm. is my time? And you get to completely mm -hmm. assess that. And yep. so for generators, wait to respond. Like you bring so much life force energy to the party that all you have to do is kind of like sit back in that and wait to be presented with like a plethora of options and choices. And you get to discern like what you want to throw your weight behind. Because once you get started, like it's going to be really hard for you to stop. Like you're literally oxygen, life force energy. So don't worry about trying to like manipulate the perfect thing. Just keep doing what lights you up. And you're going to find that your senses are just illuminated in all these other ways. It's almost a privilege to wait. And then with manifesting generators also waiting to respond, like your response is not like a lifelong commitment to that thing. So constantly check in with yourself to make mm. sure that engagement feels good, whether it's in a person, whether it's an opportunity, whether it's in a place and know that no one can do it the way you can do it. So you get to embrace your dynamic path and allow your pivots to only be fueled by passion. So you get to wait because you get to assess, like, what am I feeling? What feels most exciting, most electrifying for me? And then with reflectors, waiting a lunar cycle, I, I know reflectors are all it's just like, uh, projectors, you have to wait, but like, we got to wait 28 days. Right. <laughs> Like, what do you mean? And the reason why you get to wait and for a lunar cycle is because you have so much power and endless wisdom through each of your nine open centers that just as the moon exerts its gravitational force that brings out like the tides in our ocean, like you are just as powerful and you are here to really harness that power and wisdom. And by waiting on those bigger decisions, you'll just feel more at ease in going in the things that you want to full force. So mm. I know waiting feels like, ah, uh, I can't do anything but just twiddle my thumbs and scroll through social media. That's not the case at all. And the reason why you do get to wait is because you're going to do so much on the back end <laughs> that you need time to rev up and you get to be served up a little bit. So enjoy it. Yeah. I feel like I, I've always felt bad for reflectors because they have to wait so long. But recently I've been like really trying to like take a cue from reflectors and and just like take a little bit more time with projects because I tend to be the type of person that's like once I have an idea I know it's good and I know I can execute on it pretty like most of it that sounded so cocky but like I'm very, very judgmental of myself so if I like an idea that means it must be good because I hate most of my ideas and then I try to execute it on it as fast as I can and I'm, I'm, I'm that's one of the one thing one thing I'm definitely good at but I've been asking myself lately what would happen if we just gave this a little more time? What would happen if we just gave this a little more time to percolate like, mm -hmm. and let it brew? I'm Right now, maybe it's because I'm brewing a tincture and it takes six weeks to brew it. And I'm like, yeah, but I want it to wait. I want to wait the six weeks. Like it's going to be magical at four weeks, but I want to get like the full power of it and I can't really rush it. And I know that like I'm only going to learn more 
I'm only going to see more information if I just wait two weeks, right? Like if I just give myself a little more time. And so I've been trying to take a cue from reflectors. It's actually been very useful. That's so cool. And I feel like that tip is so great for anyone, 50% of the planet who also has an emotional wave. Yep. Emo over here. We have an an entirely emotional house. (laughs) It's also an emotional, has an emotional wave. So we got lots of feelings. Yeah. Like how can it get any easier? How can my feelings be any more clarified? Like what information do I not even know to ask for? And sometimes you just have to wait. And in the stillness, like that's when you like really break through anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I noticed that the whenever I feel like a rush to make a decision, even when it's like shopping, like if I'm going to buy, if I'm like, oh, I really want to buy that thing. And I like almost impulse buy. If I can just like slow my roll and wait, 90% of the time I don't buy the thing because I don't didn't actually want it. But then when I do, I'm like, ooh, if, you know, that 10% of the time, I'm like, oh my, this is exactly what I wanted. I'm so glad I waited because like now I really want it and I'm really going to use it and I feel super aligned with it. Same thing with like work, projects, hiring, all that stuff. Like, yeah, it's so healthy and it shouldn't be a luxury to take time. Absolutely. This was amazing. You are a wellspring of just like straight up knowledge, straight up. And I adore you for it. Any final thoughts or anything else that people should, that the people got to know about human design or you or what you're up to? As far as knowing human design, like experiment with it, really try it on. It's a tool that can really be leveraged to just help you better see yourself. And if it doesn't do that, like disregard it or find someone else who can maybe present it in a package that is more aligned to how you want to see yourself. And it's not this finite thing. Can I have your opinion on the specific versus non-specific manifestor thing? Because I get that question all the time and I love you for asking it. This is no shade on you for asking that me that question. But first, I'm not a human design reader, so you shouldn't be asking me because I don't know what I'm talking about. But second, I know enough to know that's not part of the system. <laughs> That's actually a really good point. Okay. <laughs> like, let's just cut out the fumbling. Okay. So question about specific and non-specific. This is a really great point. So the arrows are variables and they actually change unless you have the exact minute you were born. So wow. Yeah. This is another, oh, this is, I'm so, I'm actually really glad you asked because they're within the arrows. That's also where you find like your strongest sense or your best environment or like how you're motivated. So this is what I also kind of see like kind of cringeworthy on the interwebs when people do like snapshots of just like, oh, you're this kind of eater. This is what you need to be eating. Oh my God. Okay. Yes. This is to me, this is like capitalizing on fat shaming and like, I don't know, the white supremacy and diet culture of it all of like wanting to be thin and like, you know, whatever Instagrammable people by eating in an XYZ way. Like it is just a new age version of that. And I find it so problematic. It is, especially if people don't know their time. So like, and my whole thing is like, again, you're like funneling down the system, which sure genetics and physics are into it. I don't have 
degrees in those. So I can't speak to that, but also like, I definitely don't have a degree in dietary suggestions. So I'm not going to make those suggestions. What I will go back and tell you to do is go back to your authority so that you can feel out in your own body, how this is feeling and just witness what your body is saying and what your body is craving and answer those callings as opposed to answer whatever I'm telling you to do based on this arrow pointing that way or this way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm to go back to your like specific or non-specific manifester, like those are just based on like the perspective arrow. And that's just something you don't have to cling on so tightly because again, if you're clinging on so tightly, like you're probably focusing on just like a surface level thing of what you want when actually what you want, like when you funnel it down, like you don't want that job making that much money or with that much vacation. Like you actually just want freedom (laughs) and you can get freedom today by listening to your type strategy and authority and creating little pockets of it in your day until you mm-hmm. make bigger pockets and bigger containers for it. But again, it all goes back to those basics that people want to just like fly by as opposed to thinking like, oh, I need to manifest this perfect job or this perfect partner or this perfect house. When really mm-hmm. like you want to feel safe, you want to feel seen, you want to feel love. And there's ways that in your everyday now, as opposed to just wait for it to be delivered on your doorstep or in your inbox. That is such a helpful reframe. I've had a couple human design expert readers, you know, sound off on me that they, and I won't blow them up, but like that language of like specific versus non-specific manifestor is not at all like in what is supposed to be taught in human design, that that's an individual's perspective that's happened to in the memification slash gamification of human design get very popular as a way of describing those arrows. And I think the way that you just like broke that down of like, it's more what you're motivated by, Mm -hmm. like what motivates you as opposed to like, quote unquote, manifesting, like it's another conversation in and of itself. But thank you for that. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And the specific, like, they're focused on like the how and the non-specific is focused on the why. But I think if we all kind of are really in tune and really honest with ourselves and just like, what do we actually want to feel like that's something you can create right now today by tapping into what your body is trying to tell you. You don't have to, you know, you don't need arrows. You can just like ask yourself, how do you want to feel? And like, yep, that's it. I mean, that's how I make all my decision. Not that my way is the right way, but like I'm not a smart goals person at all. Like they actually make me so anxious and so unhappy and like usually drag me off the path when I have like quote unquote strategic, measurable, actionable, blah, blah, blah goals. Mm -hmm. When I just like narrow it down to like, well, how do I want to feel? How do I want my job to feel? How do I want my relationship to feel? How do I want my life to feel, you know, when I'm at the end of it? Like that is my compass and that makes it so much easier to make decisions in my day to day. Absolutely. And what I'm hearing you say with that is just like focusing on what I want to feel as opposed to like, what do I need this to yield, which is Mm. such a like contracting space where you're just like, oh, but if it doesn't like, if I launch this product and if it's just like one sale short, then it didn't yield what I wanted. Oh my God. Yeah, exactly. I tell our team all the time, like, I actually don't tell them the numbers that because I, of course, I'm a I'm a business person, so I sketch out our our profit and loss sheet and like you know do our projections over the year of what our numbers ideally are going to look like. And 
I never tell them what we're really shooting for in terms of like sales, because that's not what matters. (laughs) Like what matters is, are we having fun while we're doing it? Are we helping people while we're doing it? Does it feel aligned for us while we're doing it? It doesn't matter if we reach that goal, quote unquote, that monetary or like, you know, whatever number of people that are registered for a class goal, if it doesn't feel good, if it wasn't fun, if it like made us super stressed out, what's the fucking point? Like, that's not why I'm in this, you know? That's so true. And just because it wouldn't be me unless I made a pop culture reference, but it it reminds me of Alan Iverson when he was giving that video interview and he's like, why are we here? Like, we're talking about practice. Like, we're talking about practice. And really he was actually coming from like, he was deep in his feels, I forget the circumstance. I think he like might've just lost a friend, but he just received like really rough news. And the interviewer was like punching him on things. And he's just like, we're, we're talking about like actual practice about practice here. Like we're taking it seriously. Like it's more about like what I'm feeling in this moment. And you're not giving me the space to just like be with that. And I think that's when we can get really problematic when we're focusing on things that don't really matter. And won't matter in a year's time from now or in a week's time from now. Mm, That's a really good reframe if you're ever feeling stressed or overwhelmed or whatever, like is or hurt, like, or activated by something. Is this going to matter in a year? Is this really going to matter in five years, 10 years, whatever it might be? I feel like I try to think about that whenever I get like annoyed with Ethan. (laughs) It doesn't happen very often, but I'm just like, is this like what I'm going to want to harp on or what I'm going to want to remember? Like, is it really worth it Mm -hmm. if God forbid something happened or if like I don't get to keep him around forever? Like, is this really what I want to remember and like create my feelings around or is there something better that I can choose here? Absolutely. And you always have a choice. Oh, that's so good. It is all information. It is. It's all information. We get to choose what we want to do with it. If we want to act on it, we're not. Ugh, this was so great. You're such a genius. I love you. I just love how down to like, not down to earth, but because you are, you're down to earth, but like, just like you're really smart and you break this stuff down in a way that a normal person like me can get it. You don't have to be this like highfalutin mystical light worker, blah, 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 in order to understand this stuff and use it in your life. And I feel like that's the point. That's the point of all of it. Right. So thank you for spending time with us on your maternity leave. I'm so grateful. My absolute pleasure. (laughs) And how can people find you? And when you come back from maternity leave, begin to book sessions with you. Yes. They can go to arianamog.com and it's A-R-I-A-N-N-A-M-A-A-G.com and join my newsletter. That's where it's happening. I don't really post It's really good. The newsletter is really good. I I get a lot of newsletters and it's really good. So there's pop culture references, as Ariana said. She drops knowledge every single time. It's great. Strongly recommend. And strongly recommend if you have the spaciousness to get a reading. I feel like it's a really nice thing to do around your birthday or to to like gift to a friend or to a partner or to do it with a partner. Like I definitely want to want you to read Ethan in my chart before we before we get married because I feel like it will be really helpful. Yeah, we have the same incarnation cross, which I know we kind of said like we brushed off the incarnation cross, but it is like we have the same life's purpose. So that's pretty cool. So, so, so cool and so meaningful and makes so much sense when I think about it. Not surprised. (laughs) Well, thank you, Angel. I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. 
All right. And that's the episode. Thank you so much for listening. I can't wait to hear what you think. I know that we said some, I don't know if they're controversial things in this episode, but we talked about some gray areas and I'm really curious to hear your thoughts and to hear how this resonated with you. Go find us on Instagram at holisticism and we love seeing when you share the podcast. So tag us at holisticism, especially if you're private, because then we can see it. And thank you for listening. (laughs) We couldn't do this without you, literally. And I'm sure you know how really like marketing a podcast and getting more people to listen to a podcast is all about sharing and the listeners who share. There's not really another way to do it. So we are so grateful to you for sharing this with your friends, for, you know, throwing it into your IG stories, for the reviews that you write. Oh my gosh, you guys, those are amazing. They're we are so grateful and maybe even for like I don't know texting this to a buddy who you think should should hear it and you know learn a little more about human design seriously you make our world go round we are so happy to make this free content for you and we just want to make it better and better and better so thanks for sticking with us and thank you for all your brilliant ideas and your feedback and just for coming back it's really amazing so we appreciate it Thanks for being awesome. And if you want to learn more about Ariana, check out our show notes. You can book a session with her as soon as she comes back from maternity leave. I highly recommend it. As I mentioned in this episode, she definitely changed my partner's life with her reading. And you can follow her on Instagram. And if you are excited about trends in the wellness space, check out The Cusp. It is our new paid newsletter that is private content only for people who are super interested in keeping their finger on the pulse of what's happening in the wellness space. You'll get product reviews, job listings, and industry reports and white papers that will revolutionize the way that you do business in the wellness space. And of course, you'll get connected to our private community inside the Mighty Network's Holisticism Hub of other CUSP followers. So you can check out more about the CUSP at the link below. And as always, we'll see you on the internet. Bye. Thank you.